Welcome to Markets Now. I'm Michelle Rook with Kent Beadle with Paradigm Futures. Uh, livestock has been seeing just a little bit of pressure today while well over in the grain trade. We've had some mixed action. And Kent, let's talk just a little bit about soybeans first because they've seen a price break today after a little higher close yesterday. You know, how much of that is some of this China GDP news that we got out this morning? Well, uh, you could certainly attribute some of it to that. Um, you know, we were led higher yesterday by soybean meal. We're being led lower today by soybean meal. Um, and I suspect that uh, the reason that the meal is lower is worries about Chinese demand longer term with the, uh, um, you know, with the lower GDP. I always do get a kick out of a 5.2% increase in GDP. And if you were to compare that to GDP here in the U.S. or other parts of the world, it's it's still an impressive number for an economy that is continuing to mature and slow down. I'm not sure that we should expect a whole lot more than that out of China right now, but it was disappointing relative to expectations. And of course, they always uh, tend to think that that's going to have an impact on soybean demand. No doubt. And then we kind of have a risk off mentality going on today as well here with um, the World Economic Summit going on and some of the rhetoric there, right? Yeah. So the you know world bankers are in Davos and most of them are um, expressing worries that uh, the interest rate cuts that are priced into the uh, futures and swap markets around the world are not likely to take place ne ne uh, as quickly or as uh, steeply as is currently being priced in. I think many people are trying to price in six or seven rate cuts from the Fed this year. Uh, a lot of those bankers see three at most, and some of them think that we could still end up hiking. We had some uh, pretty, pretty uh, inflationary data out of the UK today, and that uh, is having an impact as well. And our 10-year uh, note is now up over 4.1%, and that's, you know, nearly a half a point off of the lows made not too long ago. Yeah. So Ken, what do you think? I think the low on report day was 12.03 in the March contract. Ultimately, can we hold that level here? We digested some of the most bearish news for this market. Yeah, I'm more confident about maybe holding the 440 level in corn, but the 12.03 in beans, uh, we've got some other old lows uh, in, you know, the eleven and a half dollar, eleven seventy five dollar area on the continuation charts, and um, you know we have still taken a fairly sizable hit to uh, processor margins off of the highs. Now those have improved by about thirty cents. If we do hold this uh, this twelve dollar level, it's going to be because we uh, continue to hold. Uh, our uh, processing margins, but you know, with the price action that we're having today in meal, that might be hard to do. We're currently on pace to have an outside reversal lower in meal today. Yeah, which would not be good, obviously. Uh, the corn market, you know, we try to follow or we tried to follow wheat this morning. We keep failing here with these attempts and talk a little bit about why that is. Are we still digesting the report or is this more technical selling or what? Well, if uh, a, a fundamental analyst will look at a, a 2.16 billion bushel carryout and say that fundamentally we're going down because of that number. And generally they would be trying to associate that number and its, and its stocks to use at 14.9% uh, with the price ranges that we traded from about 2014 to 2019. 
The problem that I have with that analysis is that the cost of production over this period of time is significantly higher at this point in time. Um, we see cost of production on average for the American farmer uh, anywhere between 450 and about 485 a bushel. Um, with the 475 futures price that we currently have, we see very little profitability in, in corn production right here. And it's not the function of the market to make sure that the American farmer makes money, don't get me wrong. But long term, um, you know, when we have enough supply, we have a tendency to um, to coalesce around that cost of production area. And to me, we seem to already be there. So a lot of this weakness that we've seen as of late um, is quite frankly, speculative selling. We have seen open interest in corn futures in the last month go up by 250,000 contracts. It's gone up 60,000 contracts in the last two sessions alone. And when you consider that uh, the large speculator is already short corn and that the uh, major commercial is now long corn futures, uh, the, the rise in open interest suggests that that uh, large speculator is getting even shorter. Yeah, and you mentioned the 440 level here is a low for the day. So that would be a new contract low, just a penny under the low that we had on report day. So yep. is that the support area that's going to hold here for a while or is that vulnerable? Well, I'd, I'd love to say that it's going to hold. Um, I think every level in this environment is vulnerable, you know, given the willingness of the large speculator to continue to get shorter on rallies. We saw it yesterday. We've seen it to some extent here again today. Um, but technically, uh, you have a series of old highs uh, on the continuations chart that, that have kind of peaked it in the 440 area or just underneath 440. Um, and it does appear to me like an, a, a candidate that could turn out to be some really good support. Yeah. I want to backtrack just a little bit. You know, we had uh, some of these more private estimates coming out yesterday about Brazilian production corn, but especially beans down in the 135 area. Market doesn't seem to be reacting to any of that, which I know is frustrating for producers. And so explain yeah. why that's happening. Well, uh, it's happening, first of all, because the um, production estimates that are in the 135 area are not being taken seriously. Okay, let's just be honest. Um, you have CONAB at, at 155 uh, million metric tons. Uh, you had a, another private here as a, uh, just early this week, um, AgRural came out at 150 million tons. Um, yeah, and it's been raining uh, during a period of pod fill in parts of Mato Grosso. So you know, there's a real belief among some traders that not only did we stabilize the losses, but we might have, you know, added a few bushels back. So um, the the lower estimates are coming as primarily as a result of the early harvest. And of course, our early planted soybeans uh, endured the most stress with two different bouts of very significant uh, dry, hot conditions. And you would expect the early planted beans to do the worst. Um, as we start thinking about harvesting, uh, the majority of the Mato Grosso crop, uh, which is going to come primarily between the 1st of February and the 1st of March, um, that's when we're going to see just you know, how much damage was done and, and whether or not 
these late rains help them recover at all or if or if there was some loss of yield potential that we just couldn't recover yeah uh, wheat market started off stronger this morning. I'm not sure if that was corrected buying or not, but again, we have a hard time holding those gains too, don't we? Yeah, we had a couple of items overnight. Um, you know, there was a, a, an Egyptian tender. Haven't seen the results of it, but we can be pretty certain that Russia and uh, maybe some Ukrainian bushels got sold if if uh, Egypt accepted uh, the offers. Um but I think it's been, you know, reasonably good news when we see Egypt, even if they're buying from Russia, uh, it says that we've fallen to prices that, you know, stimulate some of their demand. So that's that's been good news here over the past couple of months. Uh, the other thing that happened overnight was we had some drone strikes in Odessa. Um, now, I believe only one drone actually got through and I don't think it hit a, uh, a shiploading facility this time around. Uh, but it does just highlight the fact that the, um, you know, escalation of ongoing hostilities is is continuing and and uh, we don't know when that's going to break into something that could be more substantial. Gotcha. Cattle market had a nice little chart breakout, at least in the nearby cattle contracts and live cattle yesterday, but not a lot of follow through. Why? Um, you know, we we started you know quite a bit higher in corn obviously this morning and that seemed to press down on feeders and um you know the the break in the feeder cattle i think had uh, uh some impact on on the live cattle futures prices uh, i also really think that we need to start seeing a little bit better uh cash trade i mean last week's cash trade was uh you know in many cases a dollar higher but i think the weighted average was only 50 cents and um, you know, if we're going to have a sustained rally in cattle, I think we're going to need to have um, uh, a little bit better uh, reaction in the cash markets. And right now, I think you've got some packer issues that are having some uh, having some impacts on that. Yeah, packer issues in the hogs, too. Um, is that why we're consolidating here? Is there a fear we're backing up hogs? Yeah. Uh, in fact, you know, I have clients who are telling me that uh, they've had some loads canceled because of, uh, you know, logistics issues. Um, you know, we're not getting any snow here anymore, but things are still backed up. Uh, packers don't have any room um, to be able to, to kill hogs. And so, uh, you know, they're, they can't take any loads from producers right now. And that's going to take a little bit of time. Uh, we had we do have better weather in the forecast next week and uh, hopefully, you know, in 6 to 10 days we can we can clear through this excess uh, um, supply that's starting to build up in the uh, in the packing plants and and have room to uh, expand the kills again. All right, thanks for joining us Campita with Paradigm Futures. That is Markets Now.